Thanksgiving Sunday's passage, Psalm 96 is not a typical one. And Psalm 96 is actually known for a missions conference pa- favorite passage. So at least my brother Wade will appreciate my choice on this one. Um, <laughs> but let me start with this little bit of an overview. There is a different scale on this Thanksgiving psalm. To begin with, it gives us a global perspective, bigger than anyone's life, in giving thanks to God. Have you noticed that? In the, from the beginning, all the nations, all the peoples of the nations, the world comes out. So in a way that this psalm does, what this psalm does for us is a pull us from the microchasm of our daily living. And just visualize, imagine that God is pulling us out. And then we are seeing the whole world and whole the global nations. And it God indeed enlarged my heart as I meditated upon this psalm this past week. Secondly, it points to the one who is behind all blessings and all good and perfect gifts. There's nothing wrong about being thankful for little things. The good breakfast we received even this morning, uh, the new iPhone that you have, and some of you guys have a new car, and some of you just owned a new home now. Those are the good things to be thankful for. And to, to encourage our children to be thankful for specific things rather than, I'm thanking God for everything. Is actually specific things better. But what this psalm does is pulls us out, have a bigger view and perspective to see that who's behind that. The Lord is behind all these good gifts and blessings. So the hint is this do not get obsessed with gifts, pay attention to. Give to giver, who is the one true God. So although the world, especially the pop psychology or the New Age movement, including Oprah Winfrey, is all for the good practice of giving thanks, that we are becoming positive people, yes, all those things are good things. But the Christian thanksgiving we should think about who's behind all those good things. That our giving thanks is not to the air, or to the nature, to the coincidence, or to fate. But it is the Lord who is our shepherd, our father, the covenant God, Yahweh. Thirdly, it sings amidst the reality of broken world. 
Of course, it's about the coming Messiah. This, this is a messianic psalm, but it embraces the brokennesses and the pain and suffering and injustices of, of the world. How timely is it when we are sitting in the middle of terrorist attack here and there on the news? We see it every day. I'm glad that Jeff and uh, Adrian came back safely from Paris. But what about the family of the Cal State Long Beach student who couldn't come back? How do we deal with that? How do we deal with racial injustice, prejudice, the downright systematic evil of our companies, of the state, of our government, the violence and the things that we cannot control, and to a point that many parents are scared of their children growing up in a different world. But this psalm doesn't take the attention away from it and actually faces it. And even in our church, so lately, we had three car accidents. And Taco and Ashley, by the grace of God, they're safe, although they, uh, his car was total. And William got into a car accident as well. But thank God, God provided, you know, provision of a job and uh, yeah we could give him thanks right <laughs> so actually uh, we, we were anxious to hear about it and our men's group were praying for him so William you could feel free to even share it through the email and even today also too and Nancy got into a car accident and by the grace of God she's fine but facing all these problems in, in the midst of our world. And who could forget it? That so many of our families still face with very serious illness, cancer. But fourthly and lastly, Psalm 96 awakens us for a deep, passionate worship and thanksgiving to the Lord. In light of this psalm, this year's thanksgiving should not be the same for each one of us. So with that in mind, there's a simple thing uh, that we will too we will, to, we will do in terms of meditating this, on this passage is think about the key words that spring up. Not so, so much of my words. Actually, I used the, uh, the words from the passage itself. There are three commands that stands out throughout this passage, throughout this psalm. The first one is singing. Sing to the Lord a new song. The three ways to give thanks to God, and the threefold call from this psalm. First of all, 
Give thanks to God by singing to the Lord a new song. Verse 1 through 6 is the first section. Verse 1 begins with, O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Think about this. The first thing that we ought to pay attention to is the command to giving thanks is to sing. Why? Because this singing part brings the deep depth of our feelings as well as our knowledge. And obviously anything passionate, anything deeply involved in human experience there's a song for it. And love songs are typical of that. But anyone who is deeply experiencing something, there's a poetry and psalm. Because of a poetry and psalms and songs. So when we are thankful, it's not an afterthought, oh, by the way, I, I give thanks to you, Lord. It is a singing of gladness and joy. It works the other way around also too. That our mundaneness of our heart might not catch up the reality of how grateful we ought to be. So we start we could start with that devotion and dedication and decision to give thanks to God by singing. But as we are singing, our hearts are stirred. The call is also to sing to the Lord, not about the Lord. Do you know I'm a poet at heart? So when I was in love with Kate, Kate, correction. When I was falling in love with Kate. I didn't write poems about Kate. I wrote to her. And actually made a three different stanzas. And then have my, this was back in my college ministry days, had my students read it to her in different segment of the day with a different flower presenting to her. And I still remember that I thought initially the pride heart, prideful heart, I could get this done to a poem in two hours. How wrong was I? Because I had this beautiful day, whole day planned on this Saturday, Friday, 
At 10 o'clock, I start writing. End up spending about six to seven hours. I rarely didn't sleep at all that night. Working at it. And it was my song to my beautiful Kate. That's what stands for Paul MBK. Some of you guys didn't know why what MBK was stands for, right? My beautiful Kate. When was the last time you sang to the Lord? From your heart. Not singing about your convictions, not singing about doctrines, not singing about right theology about God, but singing to your Abba, your lover of your soul. You don't have to be a charismatic person or belonging to certain movements to sing that. The call, furthermore, is to sing to the Lord a new song. Let's, let's understand this new song idea. Obviously, this is a, a new generation, new experiences. Instead of regurgitating old song, we should sing a new songs. So instead of, uh, my case is instead of going back to my old poems, love songs, to Kate, I should write a new one. That's very simple. But it does not mean the old song tune got too familiar with me that I need to continually look for, as if we're looking for new pop songs. Oh, it, I heard it too many times. And worship trend has happened to be that way these days. So what's the sad things? As if we need the newest popular song from Hillsong, from Matt Redman, what, what not. A new song is a new, freshly touched the heart song. Even if the song was written hundred years ago, that as you sing, it becomes a new song because your heart expression, your touch, God's touch on your heart is fresh and new. And your love and dedication and devotion is new. I don't know about you, but there are songs that I listened and heard so many times as I was growing up, especially in my household. One of my mom's favorite hymns was Jesus is all the world to me. It was one of those old songs. But lately, especially when I am faced with challenges and difficulties and as, a, as a dad and as, as, a, as a husband and as a pastor who leads this church, that became my new song. And under the breath, as I am driving, sometimes with tears in my ears, I mean, <laughs> tears in my eyes, I sing that as a new song. Jesus is all the world to me. And as I'm singing, 
Yes, Lord. I'm finally hearing the lyrics now. Yes, you are all the world to me. My life, my joy, my song. And when I am down, I go to him and he is my friend. What is a new song on your heart these days? Do you know that throughout the church history, the power of believers was in the songs of their heartful worship, passionate worship. In Colossium, they are, they are eaten by lions and set on fire as they are about to die. It's well known throughout the history the first century early church Christians gathered together, sang. So, their worship songs to God, love songs to God. And who could forget in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas, while in prison in the middle of the night, when everybody is aching and everybody is complaining about how horrific their living situation is in that dungeon there was a song that awakened the people not only the prisoners but the prison guards it is thanksgiving would you sing would you sing a new song Yes, if necessary, if you could, sing it with a, as a family in your Thanksgiving gathering. But sing while you drive. Sing while you shower. Sing while you meditate. Let the song put a fire on your heart for God. And another thing that we should notice, the song is not private. The psalmist is actually saying to the nations, if we are so grateful for the things that he has done, we cannot contain it. We must not contain it. We want the nations, when the, the word nations is not actually China, Japan, uh, Argentina, those kind of kind of nations. But we're talking about people groups. Each people groups will raise their voice and worship. And as much as our, our church is passionate about going forth with the gospel of Christ, to the ends of the earth. That unreached people group is on our hearts. And we cry out. That mission must be embraced by every single one of us. That's why we don't have, we don't have a missions department. All of us are missional. But having said that. John Piper is right. 
The, the primary ultimate goal of church is not mission. It is worship. Mission exists, Piper says. Because worship doesn't. God's passion is that every tongue and every tribe will sing glories to God. And that ought to be our passion. So even with us, how do we become transforming community that affects not only ourselves, but our world around here in Santa Ana, a broken world, in Orange County, in California, United States, by our worship, by singing. And because of that, when you look at the things that he is thanking God for, once again, not the little things are not that little things are not important. God delights us whenever we are being thankful for a bagel that we received this morning. A cold cup of water. But do you notice the psalmist thanking God for the attributes but by who he is. The splendor on his glory that he is great. Not Allah is great. Because in, in true reality, there is a one true God in the whole world. And then verse 5 is probably the most politically incorrect thing for us to say. But we could say confidently, we could sing confidently and with humility. Because there is only one God, one true God. Allah is not great, although it echoes all the terrorist movements, militant groups. All gods are worthless idols. Let's say it with love. And in love and in humility, or with confidence. Yes, we might not be embraced well, but the Lord is God. Number two, we are to give thanks to God by ascribing to the Lord the glory due His name. Verse 7 through 9, Ascribe to the Lord all families of the peoples. That's once again another expression of all nations here. Ethnic groups. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come, to, come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him. 
all the earth. Since we don't typically use the word ascribe, we need to make a note that it really means the giving credit where it belongs. Giving credit to the Lord, full credit to the Lord, and point to God as the cause and source of all the good things we receive, the blessings and perfect gifts that we may not forget the gift giver is greater than gifts we have. So for those of us who have been praying for things and then you didn't receive answer right away, or you are disappointed because the God's answer was different things, think about who's behind that. We're talking about God who is, in, who is sovereign, who deeply cares each one of us. What do we ascribe to God for? Beyond his gifts, to his attributes. What that does to our soul is that we are able to be thankful for not only good, seemingly good things in temporarily right now, but also seemingly bad things temporarily right now. I still remember when my son Soren was hit by a car, bike accident, and he's lying down in a hospital bed in much of pain. He couldn't drink anything, he couldn't eat anything. In that quiet room, and there was a deep joy. Not because I, I love to see my son suffer. Of course, I would take that place at any, in a blink of an eye. But there was God who's consoling me, comforting me as I'm watching my son depending and relying on God by putting his hands together. He's not even aware that my presence next to him. He's hanging on to God. And it was not gesture. It was for a long time. And I was grateful, filled with gratitude and joy. So this scale of ascribing will lead us to a passionate worship that we are so blown away how great God is, how, how holy God is, how loving and tender-hearted our Abba Father is. So my question this morning is, what will you ascribe to the Lord? What will give God as a credit that He deserves the glory due His name? Third and lastly, give thanks to God by saying among the nations that the Lord reigns. And this is an interesting point of part of the psalm here. And it, the psalmist is urging us. And supposedly, probably, it's a psalm of David or psalm during the David's time saying when the Ark of the Covenant came back to 
Jerusalem. And they were celebrating. And they were aware of the enemies and evil and injustice in the world. Even within their kingdom. The verse 10 says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Peoples, once again, nations. Verse 11, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Do you hear the crescendo now? Let the sea roar, roar and all that fills it and let the field exalt and everything in it Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. So maybe you are facing not so much of a happy Moments in your life. Their pains and sufferings and incomplete frustrations are there in your life. Financially, maybe you are suffering. The marriage is not going too well. And your children, you have so much worry over them. But if you notice that saying to the, saying to the peoples, nations... The Lord reigns. This is confidence. Very humble confidence. That comes from the knowing. And acknowledging that God is in control. That our God is sovereign. That we should not. And must not. And. Be shaken. And our proclamation. Is in that peace. God shalom. That we are not shaken. Not, not next year or in five years when you're financially debt free. Not ne- next year or five years when you finally have your kids made it to the, to the schools and colleges you desire. It's a signs of their success. But now, God is sovereign. And we're at peace. It is well, it is well with my soul. That we could sing that. And once again, I think we're seeing the evil and it, it is kind of scary, right? And the whole thing about the panic and, and the projection and all the fear about Syrian refuge coming to the States. Last thing as a Christian, you could disagree politically about different things. But I'm talking about the people who need refuge. They're the ones that God cares for. Not in the sake of... Our safety, what if, what if, what if? There are so many what ifs. Do we believe in sovereignty of God? 
or do we believe in human control of every single direction? Then you cannot sleep tonight, even if you have a perfect security system. On a, on a really honest scale, let's think about the things that we worry about. Even in our neighborhood. Maybe you may be living in a gated community. Maybe you're living, living in the top 10 safest cities in the, in the United States. Namely, Irvine. <laughs> we ought to trust God, who is sovereign, rather than our city planners. The Irvine, Irvine company cannot save you. I'm just saying it as an example. Okay, Irvine people don't come to me. <laughs> William Law, who is one of a uh, sage uh, writer, spiritual writer, that uh, I remember uh, Dallas Willard talks about his book all the time. And he says this, and I found this quote as, if anyone would tell you the shortest, surest way to happiness and all perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seemingly calamity happens, seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. Of course, caveat is uh, we are thankful to God in everything, not the very bad things that happen to you. You are not sadistic, masochistic person. But the idea is this. Well, who's behind all this is God is sovereign. So thank you, Lord, even today. And I'm going to practice that Kate is in Bakersfield, and I have a handful. We have a home grove. I have to handle four boys as well as cleaning and getting ready for home grove. I'm, I'm filled with stress. <laughs> My laptop is not working in some way that it just slows down. I don't know what happened. I was about to call David in the middle of night at 4.30 in the morning, so I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but we could thank God. So in summary, the three ways, by singing to the Lord with a new song, we could give thanks to God this year. By ascribing to the Lord the glory due His name, and by saying and proclaiming among the nations that the Lord reigns. Why is it? Because this psalm is a call, threefold call to worship the Lord with joyful and thankful hearts, not just among ourselves, but also among all nations. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. For not all His benefits, ESV writes. Psalm 146 verse 7, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, make melody to God on the lyre. May the Lord 
stir our hearts that we may overflow with thanksgiving to the one who is behind all good gifts. <laughs>